When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Welcome to the ID10T Podcast. It's number 958. This episode brought to you by Squarespace. Maybe it's time for you to have some type of a web presence that is not social media. <laughs> you could make anything you want with Squarespace. You can turn any idea you have into a website. Showcase your work. Or blog some content. Blog some content, Katie. Blog it. <laughs> that's, that's what would yours be? Would it be, a, would it be a fantasy sports? Uh... Mine would be about sports and dogs. Together. Sports and dogs. Dogs that play sports. Puppy bowl? Yep, dogs that play sports. It would just be, would it be, but specifically Puppy Bowl? Or? Fantasy Puppy Bowl. Fantasy Puppy Bowl. You have to choose which players you think are going to do the best. Fantasy <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that's a fucking great idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is a great idea. Well, if you wanted to make your Fantasy Puppy Bowl website, Squarespace would do that for you with beautiful templates. E-commerce, if you wanted to sell any Puppy Bowl jerseys, uh, everything optimized for mobile right out of the box, 24-7 award-winning customer support, nothing to patch or upgrade ever. So check out Squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code ID10T to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, What do you got on the uh, ID10T community corkboard? Jose Arroyo writes, I'm writing in about a national event, but I figured I'd submit anyway to try to get as much coverage as possible. Uh, The U.S. Postal Service and National Association of Letter Carriers are hosting the 26th annual Stamp Out Hunger Food Drive on Saturday, May 12th, all across the nation. We are asking everyone to put out canned goods by their private mailbox or community mailbox, and your local letter carrier will pick up donations on Saturday. All donations go to local food banks in your community. Please help us collect as much food as we can, especially when so many families are facing hardships. Go to NALC.org for more info. And then also the NKLA Best Friends Super Adoption is back and coming and coming up soon. It'll be happening Saturday, May 19th and Sunday, May 20th in L.A. at Warner Park in Woodland Hills. And in New York, Saturday, June 2nd and Sunday, June 3rd at Westchester County Center in White Plains. Both events will have thousands of dogs, cats, puppies, kittens, maybe even some bunnies available for adoption, plus food trucks, vendors, photo booths, and more. Visit bestfriends.org or nkla.org for more info. Thank you, Katie Levine. This episode is Grant Gustin. The Flash, which is on the CW Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Um, Lydia and I are big fans of The Flash. Uh, pals with Danielle Panabaker, who's great. And, uh, and Grant Gustin, I'd never met before he came into the podcast. What a lovely chap. He's so nice. So nice. And he's, so, he's just so sweet. Oh, gosh. I really like that guy a lot. And it was very nice of him to come on the podcast. Uh, he's fucking awesome. So this is a Grant Gustin episode. This episode also brought to you by Mattress Firm. If you're struggling to get to sleep, the fine people at Mattress Firm want to help. 
This is America's Neighborhood Mattress Store. They're going to help you stretch your budget a little bit further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. These are mattress experts, and not just mattress experts. They're going to help you straight up build your bed from headboards to adjustable bases to sheets and decor and whatever you need, they have you covered. Plus, if you go to mattressfirm.com, you can save 10% with the code PODCAST10, PODCAST on the number 10 through June 5th. Mattress Firm is going to give you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. You can sleep well knowing that you paid the perfect price. You'll sleep better. Go to mattressfirm.com <laughs> to learn how your sleeping could be tremendously improved. And then also, the, this episode brought to you by Quip. Now... Quip, uh, I subscribed to long before they were even ever a sponsor on this podcast. But essentially, Quip is an electric toothbrush that is a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. Uh, and you can still get the right amount of vibrations to clean your teeth. And there's a built-in timer, so you don't have to think about it. Um, it, it helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes. And then the guiding pulses will remind you when to switch sides. So you subscribe to this, basically. Quip, Quip subscription plans are for your health, not just your convenience. They're going to give you a new brush head on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. So you're going to get a mount that suctions right to your mirror. It unsticks uh, to use as a cover for your uh, hygienic travel whenever you, ta- you want to take and brush your teeth on the road. And it's not just me. Uh, Quip was on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. And it's also on the hard list, <laughs> which I guess is my list. <laughs> Maybe it's the only thing on my list. I hadn't really made a full list yet, but uh, they're backed by a network of over twenty thousand dentists and hygienists, and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. Quip starts at twenty five bucks. If you go to getquip.com/id10t right now, um, you can get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com/id10t. G e t q u i p dot com/id10t. All right, here's the ID10T podcast number nine fifty eight with Grant Gustin, Katie. Roll the flash! Initiating ID10T protocol. Doing, what, what, are, what are you doing in L.A.? Conan today. Oh, you're doing Conan? This and Conan, yeah. Fantastic. Have you done Conan before? No, at Comic-Con, like when he does... Oh, you did his thing at yeah, Comic-Con? Yeah, yeah, with Steven and Melissa. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, Conan's fun. It, yeah. I, I like that they, uh, they sort of embrace Comic-Con in, uh, in a way that... Uh, everyone else just kind of makes fun of it, but Comic-Con is a formidable force... <laughs> To be reckoned with. Yeah, for sure. What was your... unlike any other. (laughs) Were you remotely prepared for any of it when it happened? Um, I don't know. No, not really. I don't think you can be prepared. I'm like still never like... I think I've learned to understand that I can never be prepared for anything in this business. (laughs) But especially, yeah, when it comes to the genre world like this, the superhero world, it's... No, no, I don't ever try to prepare an actor that enters this world for it because it's going to be different for everybody too, you know. I mean, the, first of all, the CW shows have nailed it. They're so hard to get right, and I, you know, I watched Arrow and I enjoyed Arrow, but the but the Flash for me was just like it was fun. Like it's yeah, it has such a great 
it just has such a great vibe and you know we like to lean into the comedy when we can and have fun with it you know because it is a comic book genre and when it's there we like to lean into it yeah i think i met uh i met carlos, carlos at yeah. uh wondercon a couple years ago and i was like holy shit I love Just your show. On, yeah. I know, I know. I, I, I sort, I sort of fanned on him, and uh, and he was really cool about it because awesome, I think yeah. we, our panels, we were passing panels, and then Panabaker, she came on my old show at midnight, and was great. Uh, so you know, the wife and I enjoy your show. <laughs> cool, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you, you told me you do a nice job with it, <laughs> but but you know, in talking to her about the schedule, it's. Pretty nonstop, it seems like. Especially yeah. for you, being the guy who the show is named after, you're pretty much in everything. Yeah, it's the first two seasons, especially, were a little ridiculous. Um, but since then, I mean, we've kind of woven in we as much as we can, you know, storylines for other characters, new characters, but like you know, seeing more of what's going on with Cisco and Caitlin, right? Um, so that's eased it up for me. And then we started season four, you know, with. Um, Barry coming out of the Speed Force. So I got off really easy going into four because I was barely in that episode. And then I went to prison. So that kind of freed me up for a while, too. (laughs) Are you you saying to the writers, like, hey, you think Barry could, uh, I I don't know, just like die for three episodes? I've I've said those words exactly. (laughs) Disappear disappear into the Speed Force and we don't have to see me in there. Yeah, Speed Force equals vacation. Yeah, Yeah, Speed Force is Italy. That's what it's basically (laughs) going away. But, but, you know, because Danielle... We keep we keep almost having dinner with Danielle and her husband, and then it's like, oh my god, I got to go back and work. Yeah. And I go, how many episodes are you doing? She's like, well, we do like twenty two or something. But then there's the crossovers. Yeah, twenty three plus. Really, it's four. Like it becomes twenty twenty seven every nine and a half months. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and then a two and a half month hiatus. Then we do it again. Yeah. Do you, and do you do anything in that two and a half month hiatus, or do you just power down? Um, I've tried every year to do something. Season one, I for, I don't think. I didn't work. I chilled. Nothing came together. Season After season two, I did a movie that's just finally coming out now, Crystal, with Bill Macy, mm-hmm. um, which was fun. Last year, I had something that got it kept getting pushed until we were back for season four. And I'd already shot a day, and they had to recast me because Flash was like, well, we're shooting now. So, uh, yeah. And this summer, I'm going to Italy to do... Um, I haven't. It hasn't been announced yet, so I, I don't... Oh, cool. I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, it... You know... It's it's kind of this weird. Um, hey, I just want to work and get on a TV show that's fun, and they go, oh, "Your wish is granted." And yeah. Like, oh, uh, now you live in Canada and you will do nothing else ever again. <laughs> um, it's hard, but I, you know, like I like doing what I love. So as as tired as I am at the end of the nine and a half months, like if I can get a movie, I want to do a movie. You know, if it's the right movie that I'm gonna have fun doing, and right. this summer I'm getting to do that. So that's fantastic. Yeah, and I would imagine you will work forever if you want to, and you're I still hope. young, which is nice. Like you can. You'll st- you got so much. The world is just yeah. wide open. That's the idea. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't seem like that when you're in month four and a half. You're like, oh my god, I'm only halfway through the season. It's hard to pretty much think of anything else being a, like eventual reality when you're in the middle of a 23 episode season. That you know, well, like we'll probably do at least six. I would imagine we're going into five. Like, right. hopefully, we do at least six. Um, so it's you know, it's your life. For the foreseeable future. That's why I wonder why, like, when people, when you go to Comic Con and, and, you know, people ask questions like, oh, in episode 18, and you're like, oh, I don't remember. Dude, like, Natalie Abrams, do you know Natalie? Was, she works for, now she's with, God, this is awful. She's, 
Entertainment Weekly, I forget, but she's great, and I love being interviewed by her. And she came up, and I was like, I tried to like read every script between sixteen and twenty three really quick because every question she ever asks me at the end of the season, I'm like, I don't remember. Oh yeah, <laughs> at all. Yeah, and then by the time stuff starts airing, you're so far ahead of yeah. where they're at that you just don't. Yeah, you don't remember. And I don't watch all of them anymore. I mean, I watch sometimes, but I don't. You know, I don't. I don't watch every episode anymore. Well, you live them <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> I used to. You know, season one though was like so cool to be able to be like, "That's me. I'm in the flash suit, and it's you know we're doing the damn thing." That's you know. I don't watch them anymore, though. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> Andrew Lincoln has never seen a second of Walking Dead. He refuses to watch yeah. because he's afraid that he doesn't want his performance influenced yeah. by... Like, and I get that. That's yeah. kind of why I've backed off now. I mean, it, Flash for me, though, was like the first thing that I was like, first of all, a regular on, a series regular, or much less like the lead, you know? So I just wanted to like see just for the cool factor of like, that's... Fucking me, like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> playing the flat, you know. Um, but yeah, it does. Like you start to get. I can pick everything apart. Like not about me, about the show, about you know, like a plot hole here or there that fans complain about. That it's like, yeah, no, we knew about that when we were shooting it. And it's right. Like, you know, it, a lot of it is what it is, and you, you know, it's a we're on a schedule, we're on a budget, and but watching it's hard because you start to pick everything apart and. What's the fun in that? No, no, no. And there, and there, especially if you're in the mindset of deconstructing things, you can find... Anything. You can find anything. And most of the things that are going to be irritating to you, no one's ever even going to... Right. They're never going to notice. I like to rewatch things like Star Wars and other things, honestly, where like the, the universe is on the line, but you still see them making time for like comedy and jokes right. and stuff and levity and, and these moments of drama and... Because that's the stuff that's hard to really buy and sell sometimes with a show like Flash. But it's right. like you have to like believe what you're saying all the time or else it's not going to work. Yeah. And then, you know, and a lot of it's just like crazy science jargon yeah. or a lot yeah. of it's yeah. you're basically I mean, essentially, you're talking about magic. I mean, yes. I know it's science, yeah. but it, but in the but but in our universe, it's essentially magic. You're it's, basically yeah. talking about magic, science. And yeah. magic and metahumans. And <laughs> but CW's done such an amazing job of just. Because we've been watching Black Lightning too, and like Arrow and Supergirl, like all these shows, they've really found a way to seed this universe that yeah. all all is connected. I mean, Black Lightning, they only just talk about metahumans, so it's not they don't really say anything like over in Central City dot dot dot. Right. But I imagine at some point everything's just gonna all yeah I know super crossover. Steven said recently that he you know only it's obvious to him that Black Lightning will cross over with one of the shows at some point. Um, but I don't know. I the cro- the word crossover has come to give me a stomach ache. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, why? Because it's more episodes. It's just shoot? yeah. It's the most stressful time of year as far as shooting is concerned. And they always, you know, turn out to be the biggest and coolest episodes that we do for the reason that you're talking about. The fact that it's all like woven together and it's a universe that we find a way, to, you know, to all make work in in an hour or two hour long you know, special episode, but it's four productions coming together and shooting four episodes in a usually 10 to 15 day period. And we usually have eight days to shoot like, you know, any episode of flash. Oh my God. So yeah. Plus a second unit, like ninth day, but then this is doing that, but you're fitting in like, you know, you have four different one liners for 20 different actors that are on four different shows. So it's like, actually impossible. I don't know how we do it every year. It's actually crazy. I want you to spoil some of the magic for me. 
what how are the effects when you're running super fast like what are they how are they shooting that i was just talking well we used to do a treadmill and uh-huh. I'd be on a treadmill, and I was, like, harnessed in case I'd, like, fall so I didn't, like, you know, bust my ass. Acting! Yeah. <laughs> I, all the time, by the way, when they yell, cut, I'd say that exactly. i go, acting! <laughs> like, on flash, I find myself saying it all the Please time. Please remove me from my theater treadmill. <laughs> yes. I, so funny to me. Like, we have the weirdest jobs. It is um, weird, and it's funny that, you know, I think... You know, like drama, theater, like acting classes, they prepare you for yes. the performance parts, like the emotional performance parts. But they, there must be classes for like here's how to act with up against a blue screen, or sure. here's how to act in a, in a harness. If there are, I've never heard of anybody teaching them. There might be, but for me, it was like those were the things where it's like, thank God, I've always been a creative like person in mind, and this is I actually love doing this because it takes me back to more just like playing around with my brother and sister and like, you know, uh, police and like the robber playing cop and robbers, you know, as a kid. And just like, it's straight up make believe like there's no scripts and you just have to go there and like have fun, not worry about it and believe what you're doing. Right. You can't be insecure about it. (laughs) I I also did. I I was in, I was in high school when the John Wesley ship flash was on. Okay. And I had forgotten. And when your show came on, I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. I went back. His suit is hilarious. Yeah. It's just like, it's kind of like a weird molded, there's like these molded Foam pecs. Muscles, on, like yeah. he's all foamy and, yeah. and, and muscly. I know. It, it's, it was kind of at the same time though as like Keaton's Batman, right? Same time, yeah. Yeah, exactly it's just the same funny time. that their suits were so different. Again, it was like, they were trying to make that in 1990 on TV. Like, yeah. Which is crazy to me that that was even attempted. Um, but I actually like enjoy that show. It's just like so camp, you know. It leans into it. And... It was really great that they cast him in your show because it yeah. just it was just a wink to the I guess the Gen X nerds who were like, oh my god, that's, <laughs> what a brilliant <laughs> idea! Oh my god, it's other Mary Allen. Yeah. What a great idea! And he's the man. He's the man, and he's got like theater background on background and takes it really serious. John. Yeah, like he's a great guy. I love working with him. Did I? Read or someone told me something that you are a massive Dick Van Dyke fan. Is that I true? grew up, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't. I've like I grew up liking him and watching the Dick Van Dyke show, and I've read his autobiography, and so I guess like more than a average person, right? <laughs> but I don't. I don't have like Dick but you Van could... Dyke posters at home or anything. Or like, <laughs> what's that tattoo all over <laughs> your? No, I love him. I'm like a fan for sure. Was that something that you wanted to? I mean, did you want to go into? Musical comedy. And- that was even like before I knew. Like Gene Kelly was more, and Donald O'Connor specifically singing in the rain was like a movie for me that I watched far too many times for like you know any normal like seven eight year old boy. Yep. But like Dick Van Dyke, I think kind of was ingrained in me more subconsciously, where like physical comedy has always been my thing. Like yep. tripping and falling and hitting, like just from my mom trying to make her think I was hurt. I got in trouble many times as a kid for that. <laughs> and I think that comes from like Dick Van Dyke, you know. But then like Gene Kelly is, I got out of sports really at like eight or nine because my, I, I was just kind of losing interest and didn't want, I didn't like going to practice and stuff. And my mom saw I was like in love with this movie and made me go to tap class, like against my will. And it, but it's the thing that kind of sparked it all for me. Really? Yeah. Do you still ever, do you still do it? Um, last time I tapped dance was last year. We did a musical episode. Uh, so I did a little bit in that, but before that it's been like eight years, like maybe more, but it was, yeah. I mean, I was, I still like mess around and do it. You know what? I think you know Dick Van Dyke's still around. Uh, he's you know he's on Twitter. You should tweet at him sometime. I know. But 
But I think our I think the world is ready for another tall, handsome song and dance man. I would love to be that guy. I've I, always said that. I like I want to be part of the and it's kind of happening now already with Greatest Showman and like right. La La Land and stuff. But I used to say when I was like a thirteen year old doing musical theater growing up in Virginia, like I want to be a part of the the you know, musical movie resurgence, like when in the original movie musical, you know? Because right. when I was a kid, they were like producers was on Broadway and they made that movie and it was terrible, you mm-hmm. know and Chicago was the only good one I can really remember from growing up where they were just kind of doing all these remakes and stuff of stuff. But right. I've wanted to always be a part of that resurgence that's now happening. So Yeah, and, and I guess it almost seems like in order to kind of kickstart that, you'd probably have to go do a live musical show somewhere, yeah. but you don't have time to do that no, I, necessarily. Yeah. I this this I was gonna hope I had an opportunity to go do one this summer. I had one last summer too, but it was how to how to succeed in business. Yeah, I was gonna do that this summer, and then this movie happened, and hopefully, I mean, it's been seven years since I've been on stage, so it's kind of you know I always think about how uh, you when you have a lot of options, like when you have a lot of really good options, and you start going, oh, I'm not doing enough theater. Oh, well, I guess I am doing a movie. You really what happens is you really will have to start, or maybe you are making such specific choices and molding the kind of career you want. Because when we first yeah. start out, we're so used to just like, oh, I should, I guess I should take that job because right. it's... You yeah, I'm going to get paid. Yeah, I'm going to get paid. <laughs> I, can't, I can't turn down work. Right. Yeah, no, who turns down work? Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. But at a certain point, you, you really do kind of have to start going, oh, where, where do I want to end up? Yeah, and it's honestly, I feel like someone in my position, you have to be really precious about it because it's like, I'm the flash on the CW. And it's, I feel like by the time that's over, like, I want to have at least like three films that I've done throughout that process. Right. So it's like, I'm not just the flash on the CW right. when it's over. Right. You know? And getting on stage would be great. And that's something I want to do before it's over too. But I feel like I really, if I want to have a film career when it's over, I feel like the responsibility to get it going now. Yeah. Yeah. And the great thing about now is that I don't think people are typecast the way they used to be. Yeah. A long time ago, it was like, Oh, if you were this guy, totally. you were this guy, or if you were this lady on a show, you were just her. But now People understand that everyone does a lot of different things. Yeah. So I don't think, especially because you you're able to do other things. Right. I, I don't think that's gonna. I really don't think that's gonna be a problem. Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> well, because Thanks. because now studios, it, you know, film and TV. Film used to be very snobby to TV people. Like you're TV people. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> for no sure. Thank you. But now, you know, the TV studios realize. I mean, the film studios realize. Like, oh, this person is. Has an audience. They're popular. People know them. We should put them in our movies. Like they, you know, it's just it's just smart to do that now. And more movie stars are just going to TV. Absolutely, good stories are and good money is, and you know, it's so it's if they're coming to TV, I think it's more accepting. They're like, well, people in TV can do movies too. It's. Do you think when by the time whenever the Flash wraps up, do you think like okay, no more TV for a while. I'm just going to focus on film. Um, no, I think I'm kind of. It's like whatever feels right, whatever happens, happens type thing. But I think if the, you know, if the right TV show was right there waiting for me and I could live in L.A. at home and (laughs) it just depends on what it is and when it is. And you could be one of three productions that shoots in Los Angeles. (laughs) Crazy. I mean, there's like 60 television shows, I think, or productions in Vancouver right now. Oh, yeah. At any given time. Well, it's not it's not even just Vancouver. It's Vancouver. There's productions in Toronto. There's a lot of productions in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. You know, that's where Marvel lives, I think. Essentially. Yeah. 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 There's a yeah. A lot of a lot of a lot of that stuff is there. Walking Dead's there. Like uh, it's really become this 
you Didn't know. Didn't they do their pilot in North Carolina, though? Walking Dead? Yeah. Uh, Did I make that up? Shit, I don't know. I wasn't working on the show at that time. I could have sworn it started in North Carolina for some reason. Katie, to the internet. <laughs> Katie's going to find out. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's something I should know. I feel like a big <laughs> shit. I should know that, and I don't know Not that. as much as there anymore, though. That used to be a hub, too, was North Carolina. Oh, yeah, North Carolina, yeah. yeah One Tree Hill was there, and I think Dawson's Creek might was have Was Dawson Creek might have been there, too? Yeah. Yeah, my wife shot a show there, and... Uh, she was just in this weird part of town where she's like, I don't have a car, and I'm just next to a convenience store, yeah, and probably that's like it. Wilmington, like around there. I can't remember. I, I just can't that remember was like was. my only like gateway to film and TV when I I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia yep. Beach, Virginia, and that was kind of like you know North Carolina was our gateway to like film and TV. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What was your first audition? My first, I forget my first first audition. Well, it was like a student film I did when I was like. At, at Regent University, this guy was making this movie, and yeah, that was like the first little thing I did. And then, you know, the hauntings on yeah. Discovery Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are shot in Virginia, and I, I'm pretty sure they're run out of Virginia. And I did one of those when I was like 16. That was like my first time on TV. Oh my god. Yeah. What were you the? But when he got home, I was the boyfriend of the girl that got home. Oh. <laughs> So she was being haunted. Yes. You were haunt adjacent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Did she get taken over by a demon or did it the ghost was, just try to scare her out of the house? Go, it was a ghost trying to scare a family out of a house. Yeah. yeah. And I was the boyfriend of the daughter. You know, we watched a fuck ton of those. I, wa- I watched them to basically just shout at them. I'm yeah. like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, we, we watch, my wife and I watch uh, Investigation Discovery and then the ghost shows. So it's like true crime murder shows and the ghost shows. And I always joke like, oh, the the... The murder shows are the how it gets made of the ghost shows. Yeah, yeah. So you watch, watch them and then they turn up on the ghost shows. Yeah. But the thing that I've noticed is that every time it's like a young person on the show and they're like, and then Billy had an imaginary friend and he was tearing up his room. I always feel bad. I go, these kids are just emotionally disturbed. <laughs> and the parents just don't want to admit, admit yeah. that they fucked up. Some of the kids, you know, and they're like, oh, I guess it's a ghost. It's a ghost. Like, yeah. Oh, the ghost, like, flipped his bed over and smeared poop on the wall. Like, I, <laughs> no, I think the kid needed to, Probably. He might have needed some therapy. Oh, I, think, I don't think you need an exorcist. You just need a good psychotherapist <laughs> yeah. to get in there and talk to your kid. Yeah. Uh, was, that, was that the only haunting show at that point? Uh, did you do other? Did no, they, that's the only one I did. Because yeah. a lot of those shows will be like they'll they'll pass around, oh. you know, like reenactors. No, that was the only one I did. And then like some regional like commercials and stuff. A lot of voiceover work actually. There's this place, Studio Center in Norfolk, that I did. You know, regional and national spots there, kind of anything across the board. And that was like my first professional kind of intro. Uh, could you give us a sampling of that? Uh... That's what we're doing right now. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Thank you. All right, good, good. Well played. Yeah, well played. Yeah. What do they sell there? Is it just like... like... It was like radio spot, like com- whatever, commercials. But I, the biggest thing I did for them was this like Fisher Price thing where... Uh-huh. Do you remember Rescue Heroes? Uh, yeah. It was like the... Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was the, it's like a follow-up that was Planet Heroes. And it was like... Plan, you know, like heroes from every different planet, and I was Ace from Earth. Oh. It was Ace from Earth, and he was like this little kid that like was just this superhero, and I was the voice of this action figure, basically that they made like these short cartoons to help market the action figures. Right. And that was my. Bi- it was such a big job. I was so excited about. Were you tell? Were you telling me like, hey, you, uh, you fed Ace? There was. Uh, I don't want to brag, but a local uh, <laughs> newspaper article about it. So. What? Yeah. <laughs> newspaper. It's framed in my. The most house. relevant form of media today. <laughs> exactly. 
I mean, it's, you know, you, you seem super grounded for a person who, I mean, because Fla- Flash really was just sort of a meteoric. Like, that show took off immediately. Yeah. I remember, like, it aired, and the next day people were like, shit, this show's really, you know, Flash yeah, is pilot was really good. It yeah. was great. And yeah. so did you feel your life sort of change overnight, and were you m- emotionally prepared? For- I know you kind of said earlier you're yeah. never prepared for it, right. but what did it feel like? Um, gra- Kind of gradual, to be honest. The, like, getting recognized aspect of it has been really gradual. Like, honestly, in the fourth season, it's still, like, it's at its peak now, mm-hmm. you know, like it's kind of more and more people every year that that aspect of my life is affected. But like, as soon as we started working on it, I was relocated to Vancouver, you know, and it was I went from being an unemployed actor that was auditioning a lot in L.A. from Virginia that was already kind of like, what is my life? What am I? I was already kind of like shell shock. I'd come from the West Side Story Broadway tour, and that was more kind of like what I'd grown up preparing to do. Mm-hmm. Thought I was going to go back to New York. And then got um, Glee, like from the road. I was auditioning for stuff via tape and got Glee. And that kind of like, that was the first kind of like, whoa, social media changed and like everything changed a little bit. But it's all been really gradual for me where like that happened and that was really cool and exciting. But then I was like not working again for like, you know, six months at a time, nine months, a year. And and then Flash happened like three years after my first Glee episode, moved to Vancouver, and I just went from being, like, you know, bored and unemployed to, like, really, really, really busy, but living in Vancouver and isolated. Yeah. So it was kind of just one type of isolation to a different type of isolation. Oh, that's a really interesting point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I've always been someone, to be honest, that functions best, like, I like my alone time. I like a run in small groups of friends, and I don't need... I'm not social. I've always had kind of social anxiety and um, I'm happiest when I'm working. So it was kind of, I don't know, a double-edged sword as far as the whole process of moving to Vancouver and doing a job. But we were separated from the success of it, I guess, is kind of the bottom line. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. There's no, like, billboards in Vancouver for anything, like, for any movies or television. I don't know. That's like a... I think it's some kind of law there, actually. It's like they, they literally aren't allowed to advertise like oh, that's movies interesting. and television on billboards. It's like the dealerships have like monopolized the billboards or something in Vancouver. Oh, I didn't know I'd that. I'd have to like fact check that, but it has to be a thing. Because you just don't see them everywhere. Ne- and I've, one of my drivers told me that at some point, that like the dealerships had monopolized kind of the billboards. But anyway, long story short, I just feel like we've been separated from the success of the show. And we kept so busy that it was like the same as, you know, when I was – growing up going to rehearsal all the time prepping for the show and then opening a show it's like we're just going to work all the time and filming it and then we watch it but like the only weird crazy things i do throughout every year are like comic-con and mm-hmm. that's two days right up fronts and that's like a day yep and then like just it's like things here or there where you're like oh my life is super different than it used to be <laughs> but then you know for the most part you're just really busy and like working and it's like I'm acting. It's like the thing I've kind of always been doing. You know? Yeah, but I noticed that because um, I know you, I know you do have social media accounts, but it doesn't seem like you're too. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you're too into it. Like it, it it's interesting that with this, like your your first sort of starring role in a show. Yeah, you still. I'm guessing was like, oh, you know, I think I want to I want to have my private time, and then I'll just keep all that separate. Yeah, yeah. It's I've kind of slowly stepped away from like I was on Twitter, I was on Instagram. Um, and before Glee and Flash, and then um, 
I, I've kind of been backing away from Twitter the past, like I haven't used it in like two years, right. or like more. The Instagram is kind of the only thing I use. And I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know exactly why. There's like a lot of reasons why, yeah. you know, it's, it's a complicated thing. People can be really malicious to each other and it's weird you know it's like kind of cowardice mean behavior of course because they don't have to be accountable for it exactly so they can say whatever they want and then nothing's gonna happen and i don't know it's like i've I've never been like an oversharer anyway like i'm not like a selfie a day type of guy (laughs) like i'll you know post a selfie every now and then or like post something from my life with my you know fiance or to like post something from the upcoming episode of flash but like yeah i don't do much and my dogs but not much more beyond that really yeah and you know because i was was talking to my wife and you know someday we'll have kids and she was like i'm never posting a picture if we have kids they're never going to be online anywhere and i was like oh really like i to me i didn't think about it she was like no there's fucking creeps yeah yeah. like we don't oh yeah that's right there's something to it i mean we've had obviously conversations about that we'll have kids in the near-ish future and um i see like zoe zaldana like does something where like she's never she doesn't show their faces oh like the back of the it's kid like the back, like yeah the, she shows yeah. moments but like she doesn't like or, i think she might have honestly changed recently her like she started showing them but i know for a long time until they were like a certain age it was always like just the back of their heads and stuff knowing my wife knowing my wife she'll put like michael myers halloween masks on them and yeah. stuff to mask just put like like emojis over their faces like <laughs> just no like, she'll put horror it'll be it'll be all horror with yeah. her they'll just she'll make put make them up like the heath ledger's joker or whatever but just like oh we're protecting them yeah. but that's just kind of you know that's the kind of way they have it. no say in it though yeah you but can't their they, life they, on social media and they're you know they have no say so it's like they're not given the choice. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, listen, 80% of the rules in the world are because of 20% of the dickheads in the world. So yeah, it's yeah. just like because a handful of people ruin – like social media should be fun and it should, should yeah. be – and now it just – it's just becoming really toxic. And it I is, know there yeah. are good pockets of it. But still, it's – when people realize like, oh, I can bully without yeah. any consequences, like, of and course. beyond that too, it's like I want to look at a – screen less but like you find yourself just like scrolling the Instagram I follow so many like sports pages and stuff and like news outlets and like funny people videos of people falling down and like yeah suddenly you're just you've been on looking at it for like an hour and it's yeah like, why am i doing this <laughs> i could have invented something <laughs> exactly like i could have been doing anything else but here i am i just had the craziest experience with i i just did um i do stand-up on the weekends and i just did five shows in denver at this club called comedy works and a couple i don't know maybe like a month ago or two months ago dave Chappelle went by there and he cool. brought these he brought with him these little like neoprene cases, like the you know like when you go to movie premieres and they lock your phone in the case. Have you ever, have you ever seen those before? No. So uh, some of the premieres now, there are these cases and you put your phone in and then they lock it and they give it back to you, so you're not giving so it. So you to have them. it, yeah. So you have it, but you your phone's it. locked. And yeah. on the way out, there's a little magnetic device that pops the lock off, and then you take your phone. So Chappelle brought all these cases to the club because. You know, especially someone in his position, if he wants to try new material, people are filming his sets, they're putting them online, it's, right. not, it's not great. Right. So uh, he did that, and the club thought, oh, this actually is great. And they were like the five greatest show. I've having not. Everyone's just watching. Everyone's just watching. Yeah, yeah. And, and you sort of forget that people are, so, even if it's just a little bit, they're just not always in the moment at all times. Yeah. I mean, and having not been in a situation for so long where everyone was just engaged in something without being on their devices. It was 
unfucking believable. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, me and my like fiance will even have like not like fight like arguments sometime about like I'm, I was talking to you for the past 45 seconds and you like at least like look over once so I know you're looking. <laughs> oh, and, I may be familiar with that. Back at I'm the familiar phone. with like, that. Uh... It's like I've been talking to you for 45 seconds and you haven't even looked over. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like I don't think she's doing it consciously. It's just something that we do now. I'm sure yeah. you do it to her too. Or yeah. It's like, you're just like yeah. I'm looking at. I was looking at my phone already when you started talking. Or so. just like scrolling at dinner. Just like scrolling yeah. on the thing. Yeah. 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 Well, because I, you know, it definitely does something to the addiction center of our brain exactly. where we just, it's a little, it's a little reward system. And I have an addictive personality and I don't, and that doesn't mean I do like, I've, since I was a kid, like I've like, I watched like, I just become, I guess it's more of an obsessive, an obsessive, person. yeah, yeah, not yeah. an addictive, but an obsessive right. personality where like, I just can get hooked on anything. Like, and just, that's all I think about. That's all I do. So it's, which is great for your craft. Right. But can also, I mean, I, I have that too. And, yeah. I, and I know that it's when you're kind of aimed at the wrong stuff, yeah. your brain doesn't really make the distinction. So it, you really have to yeah. go pull out and go, oh, wait, I need to, oh, I need to focus on this. Yeah, I've been playing PlayStation for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have a game system? Do you still play anything? Oh yeah. I'm a big PlayStation person and I actually still on set to have a Game Boy Color, like uh-huh. the throwback. And oh, I still, like, play, nice. Like Pokemon on it. Nice. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, I'm a heavy PlayStation. What are you playing? Mostly, like, gamers always hate this answer because it's not the typical gamer answer, but I play mostly, like, the sports video games. Yep. I'm, like, a pretty big sports fan, so yep. I play, like, The Show and Madden and 2K and whatnot. You know, those are pretty popular games. I don't yeah. think anyone's going to No, I know, but it's, like, that. I, like, don't really do, like, the shooter games or whatever. Right. Like, I'll play, like, uh, what's the adventure game that's so good? Zelda? Uh, no, I play Zelda sometimes, but the it was, like, in the past, like... They've had, there's been four of them now, and I don't know why I can't remember. The, Nathan Drake. Oh, 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 Uncharted. Uncharted, yeah. Yep. Like, I love those. I love, like, the Tomb, Ra- the Tomb Raider reboot, you yep. know? But, like, I don't, like, play, like... I have a lot of the Call of Duties, but I don't really, like, play them more than, like, once. So, like, I'm not a first-person shooter game. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, like I, don't, I don't like... I don't like army games, and yeah. I don't like first-person shooters. I like... RPGs like open worlds, yeah, quest yeah, based, yeah, cool. you know, magic casting, like cool. that. That's all my stuff. Cool. Um, the sports games, I don't really understand sports, right. so I really don't understand sports games. I didn't grow up watching sports. Actually, I like got into sports kind of when I moved to LA, and I was like alone and bored. And, like, <laughs> I, What's a fella to do? Yeah, really. My brother got me like a Blake Griffin jersey his rookie season, and was like, "You should be a Clippers fan," and and I've been a Clippers fan ever since. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Yeah. Katie's a huge Huge sports fan, so she. Yeah, you're a big cool, Clippers cool. fan, yeah. Katie. What do you like about like what is it when you like a team? Like what is it about the team that you like? Like because obviously you're grafting your identity onto the team in some way. So is it the players that you like, or the personalities, or the way that they play? What know, is I mean, it for me? The reason I like the Clippers and not the Lakers is I've always been I gravitate towards like the underdog a little bit. Like I was always growing up, I liked the Mets mm-hmm. was like my team, and also the. Orioles because they were the closest to Virginia and like Cal Ripken was my favorite baseball player growing up. Um, but I don't know. I like underdogs. Um, but for, I'm, I have a sentimental reason that I like everything in my life, like tattoos or like my shoot, sh- like just, I get sentimentally attached to things like in a weird way. Yeah. Um, and I, so I have a r- weird, like connect, like a reason for like every like Jersey I own and like, Whatever, and I like I I'm a New York Giants fan, and that was because in high school, you know, there's nothing in Virginia. There's no baseball teams, football, nothing in Virginia. So I thought I was moving to New York for theater, and I was like, you know, logically, it was like the New York Giants will be my football team. I'm gonna live there, and like I'm gonna live in New York someday. And like never lived there, but 
I've been a Giants fan since 2006. But it just sort of anchored yeah. into your psyche, yeah. and that's how it is now exactly. from now on. Yeah. I think it's always interesting that performers, because I'm the same way too, I, I have a bit of social anxiety as well, where I can I could perform, I think if, yeah. if I'm in control of it, yeah. and I have a microphone, you know, I've performed for 24,000 people, and it didn't, it didn't bother me at all. But sometimes, like, I walk into a room, and I just, like, one-on-one, I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what to say. No, I don't totally. know what to do. Yeah, I've always been that way. Like, I don't, like... Uh, yeah, I've always been that way. Um, yeah, getting on stage or being in front of a camera kind of changes everything. And I'll even take it further. And like, I don't like karaoke because I'm like, <laughs> I or charades because mm-hmm. I'm like supposed to be good at it. You right. know what I mean? Right, and right, right. There's pressure to be good, and I'm someone that's obsessed with like the rehearsal process mm-hmm. and wants. I'm not. I'm like, unless I practice this song, I'm not singing it at karaoke <laughs> for anyone. Like, <laughs> unless I know for a fact it's going to be good. Like. That's a, yo, there's a little bit of perfectionism in there. Oh, like, absolutely. it's got to be really good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, have you found ways to sort of uh, kind of shave the... Because obviously, this, this, this idea of, like, there's a perfect something in anything is impossible to impossible, achieve. Like, yeah. we don't even... I don't even really... I know what you mean when you say it, but I couldn't tell you, like, oh, the perfect song is this, or the perfect performance yeah. is this. I guess for me, as an individual, when I say that, it's like, as an actor or a song, it's like... It, I felt like I wasn't watching myself through a magnifying glass. Like I let go and I felt good about it and free and I didn't feel insecure. You know what I mean? Like that's right. when I'm like, and I'm not going to feel that way if I just go up on a stage and sing karaoke. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> or you'll have to, you know, the great thing about doing comedy is that if you fuck something up, you can just turn it into a joke and right. be like, oh, I was just fucking around. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I, yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah. But I, I do think that, uh, you know, the same mechanism that makes performers, actors, comedians sensitive to kind of absorbing their their world also makes them sensitive mm-hmm. like ho- like hor- like horribly sensitive yeah i mean would you would you trade that at all if you felt like oh i would never have anxiety again if i could just trade all that away no, i've always yeah i've always kind of acknowledged that and said that that i know it's like again a double-edged sword where it's like i need my you know emotion and sensitivity and anxiety to make me the you know actor and person that i am sure but does that make it harder for you when you're doing particularly emotional stuff and then you're like, you got to come home and shake it off yeah. somehow? Yeah, I've, I've been trying to, you know, get better at shaking it off quickly and just coming home as Flash has gone on. Because it's like, Flash is like, because you don't want to take it seriously all the time because right. it's a comic book. And it's right. like, you want to have fun. And I'm trying to get better about that, at having fun on a regular basis because I do heavy, dark arcs that last for like six to eight episodes and right. like it is just the flash and it's like doesn't need to be taken that seriously but for me it's like if i don't believe every word i'm saying it's not going to be as authentic and as good as it should be and obviously right. it's never going to be like you know i always joke when we have a guest star and we're doing something and it's like i have to like freeze and i like exit like when i run and like everyone has to freeze for a second and then we resume and it's like a lot of special effects in the scene that like when it's over i turn to him and i'm like it's just like a live play huh <laughs> Because it's obviously not, but like I have to take it seriously as an actor if I'm going to like buy what I'm saying. And that does like, even though it's kind of just the flash on the CW, it's like takes its toll. And I tend, especially season one and two and still now, I mean, it's on any given day, we'll hold on to like whatever we've been doing in that scene or whatever. It's like, I'll kind of be walking around in a bad mood for like that whole day sometimes because 
that's the source material that we're doing that day. And like I'm Barry's in a kind of a dark headspace and it affects you. Yeah. So it's like, it's been nice when you get into the comedy on the show where you can find comedy into a scene and just like, remember how fun it is too. You know? Yeah. And it's, and it's really important to figure out how to do that. Cause I don't think it, I mean, you know, you'll work a long time. You'll do it for many years. And as you challenge yourself more and more and more with other roles, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily going to get easier, no, you know, yeah. but it's, but it's very easy for me to see how people in our business get addicted to stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, I just need some substance to shave that away so I don't have to deal with it anymore. And then, you know, all of a sudden you've yeah. lost your life to, a, you know, a horrible addiction. Yeah. So it's a friend of mine, a couple friends of mine have been doing meditation and I'm legit, I'm like in a week, I'm going to take classes to just figure out like how to meditate, oh, how to meditate. Well, essentially <laughs> yeah. how to be present and right. not be stuck with whatever sort of emotional residue from the past or whatever sort of anxiety about the future. But like, how do we just be present? How, how do you just be present? And even if it just means, you know, being able to keep all this stuff at bay, what do you, do you, do you have particular hobbies or do you, is it, do you have, is it like, I just need to be alone for a couple days and then I'm fine. Or do you whittle? What do, what do you do? Um, no, I mean, video games is a thing for me, like at home and in my trailer sometimes that's like, I feel like it's a way to like shut off, like nothing else is happening. You, right. You're doing such a mundane, mindless thing in a way. Um, but you're also keeping kind of your, you know, your brain's active, your motor skills have to work. Right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, 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 my dogs are a good therapy for me. You know, I have two dogs that are, so they used to be at work with me every day until my fiance moved to Vancouver with me and now they're with her. Um, but I mean, I have a pretty like, easy boring life outside of boring is great it's great yeah i mean I'm, i've always been a homebody i like being at home and watching movies and doing nothing we, we're doing like a star wars puzzle at home right now you know oh that's awesome there's stuff like that like just chilling <laughs> what's the star wars puzzle because my wife and i are get, getting into some puzzles it's i want to say it's it's not like the a new hope cover but it's like one of the uh, like a new hope like art gotcha. covers yeah it's gotcha, like gotcha, gotcha. with like a lightsaber and like kenobis in the corner and like yeah that's fantastic we yeah. just got a uh we just, we're gonna try this puzzle that's like it's a titanic puzzle but there are clues so like you solve the puzzle and then the puzzle itself once you solve it has clues to solve some sort of an overall story mystery cool. of, of the puzzle yeah i know that's i know awesome. i know i i got like genuinely almost Sorry to say this, almost sexually excited by the discovery of this puzzle. I'm like, sweetheart, we're gonna do this puzzle. And she was like, oh my god, that sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. are we old? What? I was like that as a kid. I like, there's a picture of me as like a four, four year old, like uh, sitting on the floor, like in just my underwear with like five different puzzles, like <laughs> looking like a beautiful mind. Like, <laughs> we just let him solve yeah. them all at once. Yeah. Watch, it's very, it's adorable. <laughs> Yeah, but that, I mean, that obviously is a sign of a very active, a very active mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think, uh, do you ever, do you take, this is going to, I apologize for how dumb this question is going to sound, but, but, you know, when people play characters, sometimes they'll take away things from the characters. Obviously, you know, stuff that's, that, that Barry is going through. Have you learned anything or have you taken anything away from that or any, has there been any personal discovery from him? Yeah, especially earlier on, um... First of all, it was weird how, like, things would be, like, 
the journeys felt really parallel throughout the first two seasons. And it was like, as he was getting these powers and like all this new responsibility and stuff, it was like, I was starting on my journey with the show and like get all this new stress and responsibility. And, yeah. Um, it, it was bizarre. I mean, it was like, it kept feeling like all these like little tiny, tiny checkpoints throughout the year were like parallel to me. But um, I think mostly just like his kind of, optimism and whatnot i've i've tried to bring into my life because i can be negative pessim you know oh, it's so easy to do it's so easy to do yeah. and i think barry's actually gone further down that hole kind of as the show's gone on you sure know, he's taken on more stress and been like less optimistic but <laughs> he was so wide-eyed yeah, that he first really season was. And, like that was kind of the thing that i tried to take on from my like from him and learn from him was like how to be uh, more optimistic and supportive of everyone around you. you know? Yeah. But, you know, when your mentor turns out to be your nemesis <laughs> and it turns out you can bring back your dead parents <laughs> and then you, you fuck up some timelines <laughs> and yeah. then you're in love, but then that gets fucked up and then you go to... It's a hard storyline to track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a, I remember that the first couple seasons, Star Labs was literally the easiest place to break into. I'm like, still is there just a fuck... <laughs> It still is. People just walk in all the time. Like, this isn't our headquarters. We've talked about it at, like, a uh, convention before and, like, in interviews. But it's we used to have an, a joke throughout the first season, mostly, that it was uh, – we had a security guard named Gunter that was just, like, <laughs> always like, oh, you can't – you can't – and then would, like, kind of follow him in and just, sorry, uh, walk away. And I'm sure it will be fine. Yeah, Gunter just wasn't I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Oh, just oh, it's fine. It's a good Gunter. Very, <laughs> he's, you know, he's nice. Yeah, he's very nice. So we, yeah. I, I always pictured him as very round. His clothes were a little too small. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's probably an Austrian guy. You know, he's just eating strudel or yeah, some, just yeah. meatballs, and then people just walk, they just waltz right yeah, through. Yeah, Star Labs is not secure. You know, that's that's all that they could afford. You know, it's like it, it, Cisco can make all these high tech, but it's you know he's making that. It's not like they can afford it's really payroll. good security. Yeah, no, yeah, there's, yeah, there's no benefits no, program. No, there's no benefits program. <laughs> and you're essentially. You just have this creepy dungeon master prison underneath yep. where, these, where we don't feed you or like no. you go pee or poo. You can't shit anywhere. <laughs> no. I, I honestly, that's the first thing. Like, where are these? Where are these metahumans meta shitting? That like, was a- I, we shot a scene at one point that might have gotten cut. That was like uh, Caitlin taking like a tray of like big belly burgers to them, and I was like, hey, catching up, talking to her about something, and then like, and she rolled away to take them the food, and I think that scene got cut. Oh, like, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like we were like oh, just giving them big belly burgers every day, I guess. Was, you know, that, I think that's just sort of the like, well, it's a comic book, <laughs> right? Right, and it's fine. Yeah, what do you want from us? Yeah, come on. You yeah. know, when you're not seeing them, they're fine. Yeah, I've had people try to like explain like Savitar to me and all the like <laughs> the timelines. I'm like, yeah, I, no, no, I'm not gonna do that. Well, I, you have to take the why spoil it? Yeah, yes, exactly. Oh, that's a spoiler. You can't do that anymore though. When like season four is now over and that was right. season three. You know, right, like. right, 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 right. <laughs> people still get upset. It doesn't matter. It's like, true. If I it, even the fact that I said the thing about your parents and about uh, you know and about Tom Cavanaugh's care, people. We're like, oh, fuck! I was gonna watch I was that gonna show. Watch that. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, like, if it was that important to you, don't you think by no, now? I kind of don't know? care about the people at this point that are like, well, I was gonna watch it. It's like, well, it's you know, <laughs> you know, watch for the performances. Right, right. Maybe just you don't have to be surprised right. by everything all the time. That's the. I'm like, never catch one episode and just watch an episode of Flash with no backstory though, because then I feel like everything just seems ridiculous, oh, including yeah. the performances. Yeah. Without, like, oh yeah, well, because the show is so it, it so much builds on. Yes. Everything that came before it. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally, when um, 
when I see Kevin Smith or if he's on Talking Dead or something, I'll be like, give me some Flash spoilers. Yeah. He's like, nah, man. Yeah. Can't do it. You know. <laughs> and he's a fanboy, so he gets it. He is. Yeah. And thankfully, he's okay. Oh, my God, Kevin Smith. And 35 pounds lighter or something now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. He, I think he was already starting to get a bit healthier when yeah. all that happened. But he's all okay now. Everything's fine. Thank Kev- God. That Kev- was scary. Kev- Kevin's all good. So you have, you have a pretty regular recurring stable of directors that kind of weave in and yeah, out. Yeah, we have at least, like, I want to say, like, three to five, like, new people a year. They, like, I think it's the studio. that They, like, try and sure. new people out. Um, but we've got, yeah, people that have been doing it since season one and people that kind of come up within our ranks that are either like an AD or a DP that mm-hmm. have or a script supervisor that have gotten chances to direct. Have you directed one? No. Would you? I'll say this. It's made me want to be a director mm-hmm. someday um, for sure. And I feel like I'm learning a lot to do that. Um, but I don't think I'll ever direct one, no. I, don't, I, I think it's just, unless I like literally wasn't, in the one like before because it's just like the prep you know and i don't know that i could do it and do the like again i'm a perfectionist and it's like i don't think i would do the job that i would like to do as a director or an actor like during that process just because it's so much especially as the lead of a show and i know so many people have done it before but i don't i don't know i don't think i will i think it'd be i don't know how people are able to when they're the star of something direct at the same time because i just think well how do you how do you get the part? Like, how do you get all the big picture stuff out of your head? Like, how are you not editing your own dialogue in your head yeah, as you're totally. saying it to someone? Totally. Uh, well, maybe they. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's maybe there's an episode where Barry decides to just make a film, and so it's all from his point of view. But then you're actually directing, directing the episode. Yourself. Are <laughs> you listening, CW, <laughs> to these solid gold ideas? <laughs> that are, you're welcome. Idea. You're absolutely welcome. That is solid. <laughs> I mean, is there anything... These types of shows, I, I think, are always difficult because each season, you all, you know, it's like, oh, we have to encounter the biggest thing we've ever encountered. And then Dude. the second season is the biggest thing. And by the fourth or fifth or sixth season, like, fuck. How We're much? talking episodically. I'm spo- Like, uh, they, in every episode, there's at least one line where they've stopped doing it because I, like, was like stop doing that <laughs> but they would write like more determined than we've ever seen him and throughout the first season like you know I would try to build and then like until you feel and see when you watch the show that it's like I'm pushing because they're writing like more and more and it's like I, I can't do more right, every right, time right, like right. there's a ceiling for like <laughs> the most means the most yeah, like, <laughs> and it's like was their favorite thing for like and because it, it's true it's like you have to keep raising the stakes or else it's like why do people keep watching? So right, right, like, right. It's, yeah, every finale, it's like, you know, bigger stakes than we've ever had. And it is hard, too, because, you you know, I'm sure fans want to see new stuff, but they also want to see the stuff they're familiar with. Right. So how do you keep that balance and just keep it, I guess it's better just to not worry about it too much and just do what you Especially do. Especially in my position, I don't worry about it. I, I honestly don't even, like, um, pitch ideas to them or, like read a script and go hey we should change this i mean if anything i'll i'll call and say like the 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 only changes i make to scripts are if like they've i don't need to say everything where it's like i can shorten a line because i like saying as little as possible and conveying it with my face you know what i mean and if i feel like there's like a line that where that's like four sentences and it could be two that's the only thing that'll be like hey can i say less here right but i've never called them and been like 
I think we should do this for an episode. <laughs> Which, I know, again, a lot of actors do, especially lead actors. But I don't know. I've just kind of never... I'm like, you guys write it? No, just try to do it. Well, it's a lot less... Per, it's a lot less strain on your mind... You know, if you don't try to take on the whole yeah. the whole production, there's already extra things. I feel like you, I you take on and tell when it's like script supervisors alternate, like ads alternate, d- directors are guests. So it's like the consistency has to come from the cast. Oh yeah. So and and to be honest, like I, I take pride in like how precious I am about continuity and not just continuity with like you know continuity continuity but like story continuity right of like no no no, no. we have already like with st- like there's actually it's like something coming up in the finale where we have a line where i'm gonna have to talk to them about it because i'm like we already know this piece of information because we learned it in 22 and right. like different writers write different scenes oh right right and directors right. different directors take care of episodes so it's like this next director won't know that we learned this piece of information in the previous episode. Oh, shit. But I remember talking about it, so I'm going to have to talk to them about this line, because I'm like, we already know this information. We shouldn't be learning this Oh, my God, you have this whole universe in your head. (laughs) It's just all stuck in your head. (laughs) For real, though. Oh, my God. And I honestly don't... Katie, can you just pull open the dishwasher? Because it's going to keep beeping. I honestly don't know how... um, Like, you know, with with Walking Dead, I only watch the day of, so it's not stuck in my brain. Right. But having... Do you have all the scripts? Do you have all the storylines in your... Like, at once? Or do they just give them to you one at a time? Do you know what's happening in the show? No. There's been one thing that I've known, like, when the season started, that we were going to do in the finale. Uh Uh-huh. connected to the mystery girl this uh-huh. season like yep. i've like known what that is the okay. whole time but okay. that's literally the only thing about this season that i've known like even i just read the finale script for the first time two days ago and didn't know what it was about until i read it so it's like that's it's always the case we never really know where it's going and do you read scripts and go holy shit or do you are you pretty Less now obviously but yeah, yeah i used to more like i used to do it every script i mean i would yeah i mean it's just like it's sad when you look back on it like that like in season four you're like <laughs> man i don't get as excited but well you're used to it now. exactly it's i just had a director that was just like i came out on set in this, the suit and he was like do you just feel so cool <laughs> And I was like, I'm not really. It's kind of like the head's uncomfortable. And like, Kevin cried the first time he saw me. Oh, that's so sweet. He was like standing in the cortex and I walked into the cortex and he was like, that's the flash. Like he just started like, he teared up. Like, oh, he's such a teddy bear. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was like, you know, the reason we were so excited to have him come direct was I don't know if you know about this. He like record. It was after season one. He like had filmed himself watching the finale because someone had recommended that he do that, knowing what a big fan he was of season yeah. one, and that the season one finale was gonna like fuck him up basically. Yeah, and, and it did. And he had filmed himself, and it's like a seven minute minute video that he cut together of him watching the whole episode, and the last like two minutes of it of him, he's. He's crying hysterically. Oh, that's so like, sweet. He's talking to us. Like, I mean, he's, I've never seen another fan video of someone so caught up in it. And yeah. I mean, so we were so excited to have him. And I don't know if you know how he directs, but he, like, before every take, it's 
like, all right, guys, like, we're going to do this take. It's gonna, the only time we'll ever do this. We watch these amazing actors right here do what they love to do, and everybody's going to have the time of their lives. We're making the flash. Woo! And then everybody claps when we do the take. Oh, like, that's so fantastic. Every single take. Like, not every scene. Like, every take. It's crazy. I think the problem is that Kevin's heart's just too big for his uh, body. Uh, really? I mean, he really gives, uh, I mean, 150% of himself for, with whatever he's doing. But that's interesting that you said about how the cast is the consistent fixture yeah. because all the directors. So, you know, if you have a director like that one episode, the next episode, like, all right, just sit over there. Are you guys like, yeah. oh, or, or do, you, do you just sort of like roll with the... Um. No, I will. You know, I would love to say that we're really good at rolling with all the punches, but <laughs> no, I mean, it's, we're, it's a cast of mostly people from theater, right? Um, that know what they're doing as actors and know how to, you know, work on it and have spent time working on it. We're not showing it up, like not knowing our lines and kind of not understanding what's happening. Um, and we've all tracked our characters. So we're pretty strong-willed, too. And, I mean, there's, you know, we're not going to have, like, fights on set. But the, we'll stand there and argue with the director about, like, why it's this or why it's that. And, like, right. we don't want to be dicks. But it's, like... Well, and that's, like, every once in a while, a director, where it's, like, they block differently. Or they have, like, a lot of notes. And it's, like, they're just... It's just their style. Right. And, and yeah, we don't necessarily roll with the punches as good well, as we should, you, probably. Well, because you obviously have to... You have a system that works for you. Yeah. And your faces are on the show, and you've yeah. been with the characters a long time, and you know what works, and so it's just like, well, this is... We kind of have to figure out... We're very precious about it, yeah. yeah. And like you said, it's like, it's a, in there for in a time capsule forever. And it's The Flash. It's a show that, like, 20 years from now, like, there will be people still watching, yeah. you know? And, like, I will hopefully still be working, and I don't want to be, like, ever embarrassed by what I did, you know? Right. I want to always own it, and... And, you know, believe what I'm doing. So sometimes that means I have to, like, stand up for, like, a moment that I, like, I'm like, no, I've worked this out here. Like, I need to do this here. Right. You know? And it's like, this has been, I've been building to this for two episodes or whatever, three episodes. So it's like, this is a greater arc for me. That, right. Like, the other, that one, any director might not necessarily be privy to, you know. Like, uh, you know. Like uh, like if a Spielberg came onto your set, you were like, Stephen, this is how. <laughs> like, listen, we... I get it. You've you've been around. You've yeah, done you've things, done some stuff. But, like... but this is how we do the Flash. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm no. sorry. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why it's nice too to go do like other projects for me. It's like all you know. I went and did the movie with Bill Macy, and and literally going into it, it was like anything this guy tells me to do, I'm gonna do. Right. Like, no questions asked. Like whatever he wants from me, I'm gonna do. Going to work with Martin Campbell this summer, same thing. Like anything he wants to tell me to do, like I'm gonna do it. You well, know? Like, and I'm, because you're you're essentially in this. The the other technical marvel of your show is that it's a, it's a it's a master class. You're basically shooting a movie every eight days. Yeah. And again, you're going through all these changes, and you're having to do stuff on the fly. I mean, doing that for a number of seasons is like. That is a that is a master's program in when mm -hmm. you when you when you start doing more films and you start doing different films or with different directors you're gonna have such insane tool sets in uh, place yeah. because of this show. I never have taken like a, a t like an acting for camera class like in my life like it was something I was gonna do. I was a musical theater major in college and that was something that I had the option to do my junior year and I was going to do but I left to do a Broadway tour and never did one growing up never did one in LA so like this has been like my like acting for the camera class the past four years and, yeah I mean I remember when I when I got cast on Glee like Darren Chris gave me a book for like 
film TV 101 stuff because it was like I didn't know what a DP was or a gaffer or a grip or like I didn't know the name of anyone's job right I you know knew like on stage if like you were given like a, a mark like you hit the mark and it was like for your pool of light that was like scheduled to hit you like right there so like you had to hit that mark you know and it's a little different in TV and film because you can stop and readjust and I remember like sitting though like my first day like we were in the lima bean on Glee like uh-huh. doing this scene with it was Chris Colfer and Darren and they had my mark and I was sitting in a chair and they were just shooting over me to them and I was so worried about like so I can't move at all right because like this is my mark and like there's a camera like I thought like I couldn't breathe because I had to stay so You're just still. Gonna fuck up the light or fuck up the shot. Anything, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I went into TV knowing nothing about what it was like to make TV, what the process was. So it's past four years have been a crazy learning experience. I one of the things that I love because you know Arrow is such a broody show, like you know Arrow is such a broody character. Yeah. That it actually come when he when Arrow crosses over onto the Flash, it actually makes him funnier. Because that added like that, it's funny. It's that, like a comedic yeah, relief. That, he's the comedic he's the comedic relief yeah. because he's so he's so serious. Yeah, you know, yeah that yeah. it makes it ten times funnier when he's on your show and vice versa. Like when I go to Arrow, it's like I feel like oh, I'm just the comedic relief here. <laughs> like I don't have to like carry whatever arc we're doing as far as the drama. You know, I, yeah. I just go over there and get to like play off them and have fun, and yeah. it's great. Um, are you guys? You, I assume you'll be at Comic Con this year. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and is that part of your shooting year or is that in the middle of your vacation? No, it's, it's actually super inconvenient to be honest. It's like, <laughs> it's like, we, it's uh, cause it, the way it times out is we're always like on our second day of filming the second episode. Oh, gotcha. we've like started the first, you're just hitting the momentum. We're literally just getting going. Yeah. Gotcha. And then we're like, let's stop for four days and, and talk about last season. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, is there anything in particular that you're. I've been asking people lately just because, you know, it's uh, we see a lot of toxicity in the world. But what are you excited about? Like, what's something that makes you joyful? It doesn't have to be work-related. It can be anything. It can be a concept, a thing, anything. Is there anything in particular that makes you happy right now? Um, well, I mean, the first thing that obviously popped into my head is I'm getting married. Um, oh, I haven't been giving out the specific date or month. You don't, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, a lot of just, bless you. Thank you. Personal things that are happening, you know, with just the the wedding and we're finishing our house. And, you know, it's like my real, like, kind of adult life with this person I'm going to spend my life with is kind of shaping together. So that's kind of been the everything outside of Flash for the past year, really. I'm going to just let me give you a piece of unsolicited advice. And it goes back to the Chappelle thing. So my wife uh, was insistent that there were going to be no phones at our wedding. And I was like, you're out of your mind. My, my fiance is saying the same thing, too. It was the best thing that ever happened. Not having them. Not having yeah, them. Yeah, well, no, that's our plan. Honestly, I've, I didn't... When you said the Chappelle thing, I'm yeah. like, maybe if there's a way, we can do that. Because I know should, people are weird about, like, here's my phone. I'll give you the info of the company that makes them. Okay. Um, because they... Uh, she she was insistent and my wife you know my wife's super cool and it's very rare that she puts her foot down and so when she put her foot down it was like no phones i'm yeah. not going to have people filming shit i want them there in the moment i want them and i was like okay yeah. we'll do it it honestly again was just like the shows i did everyone was engaged like we felt the whole experience in real time mm-hmm. everyone was and it's sad too that we have to be like 
that's a thing now. It's I like, know. That that's like life without smartphones. It's like, oh, we're all looking at each other and like, <laughs> this is giving crazy. a shit about talking like, to each other. eye contact Conversation here. Yeah, even? It's sad, but it's like, yeah, I mean, we should, there should be more, you know, opportunities in life to be like, no phones. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And I think especially, I think people will respect it, obviously, because they, you know, they'll know that you want to keep it private. Right. But but just for the, for the experience, having real world, like non- digital interference experiences yeah. is I'm really as much of a tech guy as I am I'm really starting to appreciate it and I think you'll love it for your wedding because I remember even though you know it goes by obviously it's a blur but I remember so much of the wedding because everyone was engaging, present yeah. yeah an engagement so I just that that's my, my that's my one little bit of advice and yeah. I think I think that was really... our plan already so for sure I think now I'll follow up and do it <laughs> and pantsless jugglers uh, if okay, you cool. you know just just to mix it up all right now we actually had zombies in it we had like we had zombie servers at That's the wedding, awesome. and so we had, you know, we had all sorts of fun stuff like Seems that. Seems on brand. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> <laughs> was very hard to believe that uh, we. <laughs> I know it just, you know, it was, but she kept the she kept the ceremony to like I think it was maybe twelve minutes. Oh wow! Like there was a little reception, a cocktail pre party, twelve minute ceremony, right into the party. No speeches. We're doing, I don't know what the speech situation is, but my favorite thing about this, and I, I think this is the first time I'm saying this publicly, but I, I, I was going to post about it at some point anyway, but um, Tom Cavanaugh is actually <gasps> getting ordained to marry us. Oh, that's the best! Yeah. Oh, my God! <laughs> oh, my God! You know he's going to double-cross you, though. Well, I just, it's going to be for sure, like, stand-up comedy, and he's going <laughs> to for sure go in on me to some degree, but I just know for a fact that he's going to have everyone in stitches, and he'll know how to bring it back. He knows us as a couple, and he's, like, spent, honestly, more time with us as a couple than like a lot of other of my friends just because we're in the flash world together um and th- but i know he's just going to bring it back home and like make everybody cry oh like, my he's, god that's fantastic yeah. he is did you ever listen to the podcast that he did with mike black mike and tom eat snacks like one of them yeah yeah they're so funny he's just a funny guy he just seems like a guy i don't I mean, know tom he's at all but never, he just seems great you should have him on here i mean he never he's like he never turns off so little story about tom it was like i first time i went over to his house and um, he like literally never turns off. Like we're always doing bits on set all the time, nonstop bits that are just kind of like we'll beat them into the ground. Like the we always say like the comedy in our bits is that like we don't stop. Right. We just keep the repetition. We keep yep. doing them again and again and again. And um, he literally never turns off. It's like having a jester on set. Um, then I'm at his house for the first time, and he's got four kids. And um, his youngest says to me, um, little girl, she says, he's going off and he's doing this, he's doing that. He's just a thousand miles a minute. She turns to me and just goes, this is my life. <laughs> and she's like four. Like, and I'm like, me too. But at work. Like, I'm like, I love like that they're like not running around, like taking on his energy, that they're just like, our dad is crazy. They're all going to be like yoga instructors. <laughs> I know, yeah. going to be quiet wherever they are. Yeah, I mean, they're an amazing family. They really are. I suspect that we have kids that will be the same thing. Yeah. My kid will just be like, my dad. you have an off button? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. This is, you're embarrassing me in this restaurant. Exactly. It'll be the opposite. It'll be like, please, don't. Yeah, please stop. Stop don't kicking the chairs. Don't do anything to embarrass me. Cut right, it out. Like, please don't kick yeah. the chair of the man We're in front of you. We're in a public place. Yeah, yeah, come on. Seriously. Yeah. Were you raised in a barn? 
were, you were raised in a fucking bar. Yeah. Hey, F bomb, really? Uh, I, I'm so I'm so happy for your success, and I'm uh, you know again, my wife and I are huge fans of your show. And, thanks, man. And I, I love so many people in your cast. That it's, it was an absolute pleasure having you here. Yeah, thanks. This has been really fun. In our in our uh, in our you know it's our weird museum house. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Come, come come back anytime with the zero extra minutes you have in your life. Uh, we'll have we'll to see the studio at some. You point. have to yeah, yeah. When we when we finish building the studio, you'll come to that because that place is kind of crazy too. Have you seen the new place yet? No. I gotta take you over there. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty fun. I've been posting Instagram stories about the renovation of that place. Cool. Did you, are you taking any before and after pictures of your place? Well, no. I mean, we not like officially. I get we have an interior designer contractor kind of do a oh, whole gotcha, thing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Kind of documenting. It's pretty much done now, though. We just need to like furnish it and finish all the electrical stuff, and then never be there. And then never be there. Yeah, I think my fiance will get some time there this summer, but she's going to be with me too in Italy this summer. So yeah, we won't we won't see it until. Like I've got like maybe a week and a half before season five starts. Oh, you'll just you'll drop all your luggage. Yeah, back. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, gotta go. Gotta go. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah, yeah it's I crazy. had a good time. Uh, but Grant Gustin, thank you so much for being here. And um, yeah, and watch the Flash, everyone. Not you. Do telling it. everyone. Do it. The end. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> awesome. ID ten T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.